Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickson with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And Matt, I have an ethical quandary for you. Okay. I'm wearing a Faber College t-shirt, and okay. I walk into Ace Hardware, and the guy who works there looks at me and goes, Animal House, right? And I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And so then we're at the register, and he's telling the the clerk at the register that they filmed part of the movie here in Milwaukee on the Hone Bridge where the scene where they're in a car and the car takes off a bridge of nowhere, and that's from Blues Brothers. I was going to say, that's not Animal House, yeah. yeah. So it's a different Belushi movie. but It is, it you know, is. So I've had those moments where it's like, you know, you think you're talking to someone who knows what they're talking about and then all of a sudden it's like they don't and you have that dilemma of do you, do correct you just it? go along yeah 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 what'd you choose to do i just said oh that's interesting and i felt bad yeah. because really it's not it's not that guy <laughs> that guy's world is whatever it is it's right. the clerk at the register because right. she now has misinformation that That's was true. new information to her. <laughs> That's a good point, yes. The, the disinformation campaign has now added one person, and that's not a good thing. Yeah, so I didn't love that, but I, I decided no, to be right. silent, uh, yeah, which is rare I've, for me. I've had that before, too. It, it, uh, it happens a lot with sports, uh, and I'm sure it's happened to you, too, where it's like, you know, somebody says something about, you know, team gear you're wearing, and it's like, oh, they know what they're talking about, and then, it, you know, then they mention somebody who, doesn't play for that team anymore or never did or something and or the coach and you're thinking uh do i do i say like well he's not the coach anymore or do i just say yeah and more often than not i choose the latter like you just kind of like you know yeah that's right uh-huh sure and you move on okay well now i feel better about my choice yeah, in this more of the level. i would have done the same thing yeah i mean it, you know it's one of those where you know, if the door opens, sometimes you're like, well, but, uh, no, that was Blues Brothers, wasn't it? And, and you know, oh, yeah, that's right, you know. But but more often than not, it's like, yeah, you just kind of take it and, and move on, uh, you know, it, it happens. But, yeah, I, I don't believe, uh, well, I know that scene didn't happen in Animal House. I think all of Animal House was filmed at Eugene, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, University, University of Oregon. Oregon. Yeah, yeah, which... Uh, if we ever make it there on our tour of football sites, we need to we need to do some research and find the spots that they use for Animal House so we can see that as well. Absolutely true. Um, awkward transition. Oregon's a Pac-12 team. Let's talk That's about right. some ASU Pac-12 news before <laughs> we get right. into That's our right. uh, NFC preview and our uh, NFL ultimate predictions. Yes. Um, yes. The biggest news coming out of camp since we last recorded is twofold. It's the mm-hmm. official naming of Jaden Daniels as the starter, mm-hmm. uh, which he greeted by promptly throwing more interceptions in a practice than he had thrown in all of camp. Um, yeah, yeah. And then uh, ASU landed five star one-time five-star recruit yeah. Jack Jones from Long Beach Poly by way of USC uh, mm-hmm. by way of some legal trouble and a community college associate <laughs> degree. Yeah. Yeah. Matt, which of those do you think is going to be the bigger story right away? Um, oh, right away, I think it's quarterback. I mean, don't you think? Like, uh, I, think I think the Jones edition may may be bigger next year than this year if he if he's still in the fold. Uh, but I mean, the quarterback is is you know one of the things we've talked about through the off season as a you know a pivot point for this season. How it goes? Do we get solid play from that spot or not? who would be the guy, and now we at least have that answer. A point that you raised via text that I thought was something we should go into on the quarterback controversy was <laughs> the lack of a controversy. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was interesting. Uh, you know, given how much we talked about it for months and months, and it just almost seemed like uh, uh, not really that big of a story when it came down to it because everybody kind of agreed, like, okay, this is going to be the guy, and that's what happened, and there was really no fluctuation. We've been through these quarterback battles before in the preseason where it's like one day you read, boy, this guy looked good, and this guy didn't look so good, and then a couple days later, maybe it's the opposite, and, you know, it's like you you kind of follow the roller coaster. This one wasn't a roller coaster. This one was just like a smooth car ride to the end result. Yeah, 
the reporting from Haller, which we had talked about as being probably the best indicator of what to expect, was hedging, but not really, that they seem to be leaning Daniels. They seem to be leaning yeah. Daniels. And then the, the other Sun Devil beat writers who are a little less circumspect basically just came out and said, well, it's yeah. going to be Daniels. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. It seemed that way. And, and what I found interesting and that, you know, we've talked about, uh, you know, I think for you and me, it's always kind of interesting to see how the media covers things as much as, as much as the things themselves are interesting because of our, you know, journalism background, high school and college and the, the like, it's, uh, it's kind of fun. And, and, and I, I found it interesting that when spring practice ended, I think the vibe, you know, as from the from the media, you know, I wasn't covering it, so I, I you know, I went to one spring practice and watched a little bit, but that's it. But you read was, multiple you know, outlets, yeah, you know, and and I felt like maybe you, maybe you would disagree, but I felt like at the end of that, that Dylan Sterling Cole had kind of separated himself. He had looked the best. He'd gotten in better shape. He had seemed to take the leadership role. And then over the course of the summer, when there were no official practices between you know what. The end of you know end of February early March when we finished spring practice and then end of July when we started that feeling changed and you got to think that came from probably some off the record conversations with coaches support staff things like that that you know they they didn't have the same feeling at the end of spring that maybe the media left spring with yeah I, I think that's true that there may have been a misread it felt like the I mean. Not, not to give undue credit to Doug Haller, but he was dead on, dead right on this. Like he's been on a lot of ASU stuff yeah. over his career, which is there were two guys at the end of spring. It was Daniels yeah. and DSC, and then yes. Yellen turned it up. But Daniels, the, the quote that was the giveaway was when Herm said, "If two guys are even and one's a freshman, yeah. that's who wins." Yeah. And if yeah. they were even. The, the amount of growth that can happen in a fall camp for, you know, a third year or I'm sorry, a fourth year junior right. is is not nearly as uh, exponential as it can be for a true freshman quarterback. Right. And right. so no, if you are hearing that, so. you know, when you're hearing there, there were two guys maybe at the top of the ticket, you know, mm-hmm. at the end of March, I guess I'm. I'm with you that that's what the coverage said, but I'm also not surprised just with what we know about how college football works that, you know, one guy had a lot greater potential to improve than the other. And I'd like to thank the, the now on, you know, for a lot of people unknown NCAA football recruiting mode where you could go on and the game would tell you when you recruited (laughs) guys, what they were, and then you could have your spring practice, and all of a sudden they'd be much better. Right, right. That's true. That's true. And and yeah, I mean, I think you're right. I think uh, you know we you you've mentioned this a few times of late, and and you know I haven't disagreed that you know the the tone of of the game and the you know the tenor of kind of you know who you play at quarterback has changed in a way in the last decade or so. I think we've witnessed that because we went through some of these. Uh, you know, about I think it was exactly ten years ago when Rudy moved on, and Brock Osweiler came in as a true freshman with some fanfare. And instead of letting him be the starter, who did we start? We started Danny Sullivan, the you know the senior who had been a career backup, and you know that felt like that was what most coaches chose to do back then: go with the veteran, the safe option, and you know don't throw a freshman in there. Well, that mentality hasn't maybe a hundred percent changed, but it's certainly changed in some ways we've seen it from the very top with you know the, the best coaches in the country going to do younger guys uh at times when you wouldn't necessarily think they would and and so i you know i think it feeds on down and and i you know i like this i mean again i told you last week that you know you, you sort of feel for dylan sterling cole because he has hung in and you know there is that sentimentality notion of like uh you know you'd like it to work out but if he's not the best guy then I then I don't want him to play, and it just seems like coming out of what we what we've seen so far, heard so far at least, is that he wasn't the best guy, and and so you know you go with you go with the guy who earns the job. It's the you know it's all about results. It's not about feelings and emotions. 
the thing for me now that's interesting is the the talk that there's now a battle for two between him and Joey Yellen. Uh-huh. And what I, I guess if you're Sterling Cole, why would you stick around for that? Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Now, I mean, I wonder. You know, we've heard little, very little bit that that he's got some, you know, injury issues with his shoulder, and and if that's if that's legit, and you always wonder when a, you know when a guy loses the job, and he said, you know, is it is it sort of one of those ways to mask things? But if that's legit, that changes the whole discussion uh, because you know it's like that. Is it to make more sense for him to just rehab? And maybe put himself in a position to go somewhere next year for for his last year of eligibility. And if he has a legitimately bad shoulder right now, but if he could play, if he you know, then do you think like, well, should should we move on, find a landing spot now, sit out the year? Obviously, I mean, he wouldn't be eligible to play right away because he hasn't graduated. And, you know, and even if he was, uh, he probably wouldn't be able to do much you know showing up to a team in august or september but put yourself in position to make a run at a job next year i don't know now that said he's not he's not in the position where he can just hand pick a job and and it's going to be just you know if he transfers he's probably going to be competing for a job wherever he goes next year as well i think that is absolutely true you know he's not kelly bryant or jalen hurts or, you know, some of these guys that are very highly regarded transfers, like, yeah, in name, they're, they're competing for a job, but they're probably not. In all likelihood, they are going to be the starters. Kelly Bryant, I think, is a sure thing. And I know Lincoln Riley's playing the game that it's a competition at Oklahoma, but no one really believes that's true. Uh, you know, no one's getting Dylan Sterling Cole and saying, okay, we've solved our quarterback problem for 2020. No, maybe you have, but you're going to have other guys compete for that spot, too. Yeah. Yeah, um, but you know, coming back to the guy who's going to be our guy, uh, you know, it's it's a it's a noteworthy time. I mean, I believe it's the first time ever that we're going to start a true freshman from the opening game of the season. Yeah, that's true freshman start later in their freshman year. But uh, you know, it's it's uh, definitely noteworthy and definitely going to be fascinating to see you know where this kid's career goes. Does it uh, does it blossom as you hope? And and by two years from now, he's a uh, all-conference level type of player and, you know, leading us to big, glorious things? Or is it not that, you know? Is he one of those guys that, like, oh, he's supposed to be really good and maybe it never comes together? I hope it's the former, obviously, but, you know, it'll it'll be fascinating to see how things go to start this year and then where it goes from there in the next couple years at least. Flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, I mean, obviously having Jones is interesting, and, you know, doesn't really the, – the nice thing for ASU is it doesn't really complicate matters because he's not critical. No. You know? The, no, he's not. The Lucas Williams starting two corners is locked, about as locked yeah. as something can be. Yeah, feels that way. And the, and the backups have been, you know, getting some good buzz. The, the kid that's a Baylor transfer, Davis, I think, to Marcus Davis, and then – a couple of freshmen uh, one, isn't one of the backups uh, Ryan Clark's kid Jordan. yeah Jordan Clark uh, uh, yeah, and then you you've know, got so. at safety you've got the two Markhams right uh, right you know and they're they, backing up you know some some good returning players with, with you know Crosswell getting a lot of buzz with preseason and I mean secondary should be good and this is this is just kind of like you know you hope it's just a little icing on the cake type of thing and like I said maybe proves more vital in 2020 because he's got two years of eligibility left, and those two guys you mentioned as the locked-in starters, one's a senior, one's a junior who has you know gotten some buzz as being a potential NFL draft guy early entry. So we could be replacing both starters next year, and you know he may be a guy that will really help in that regard more so than this year. Yeah, he he is talented, um, but yeah. but Jones has. Not just the off-field stuff, but he hasn't played or practiced right. in an organized way prior to this week in a year. Right, and, right. and that's rough. Season with USC, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, you know, to expect him to come in and do a lot this year, I think is is uh, unlikely. It's not impossible. Uh, you know, maybe 
again, that's why I say it's it's sort of an icing on the cake type of thing. And, and like you said, it's not critical for this year. Uh, he could be a critical part of next year if he keeps his head on straight and and you know stays out of trouble and you know stays you know good in the classroom. And that's what you know that's what first got him in trouble at USC was academics, and then then he had some off field trouble with uh, an arrest, breaking into a Panda Express. Not sure what that's all about, but you know maybe he needed some orange chicken or something like that, or maybe they wanted the money. I don't know, but it's a interesting story uh so yeah he, he's got some black marks to his name no doubt about that and so to to just like look at his talent and say oh he's gonna be great for us next year long way to go but could happen and and you know it's a worthy risk and as herb said if it doesn't work out he's gone like you know if he if he makes another mistake then he doesn't stay and, and then you just move on it's one of the unique features of college football that you just can wash your hands of it. You can, and yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's not like you know, you see things like this in the, in the pros where you sign a guy for maybe a low salary, and you know, but but yeah, in college, there's you know, there's there's no salary structure, there's no cap hit for moving on from a guy, there's none of that. Like you know, you give a guy a chance, and and if it works out, great. And if it starts to go south, you just say, all right, see you later. Uh, and, and, you know, I think everybody's going into this with eyes wide open that it's, uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of uh, leash. Uh, other guys may be able to make a mistake that he will not have the ability to make. Uh, so hopefully he can keep his head on straight, stay out of trouble. And, and you know, like I said, maybe next year he's a big part of things. Or maybe next year he's not even on the team anymore. I think both of those things are very much in play right now yeah uh well let's turn our attention to the pro circuit uh if you didn't listen to our afc preview that is totally understandable you. because uh, it's not really <laughs> it's not totally understandable but I, I appreciate your sense of forgiveness and graciousness that you're expressing here um we're gonna talk through the <laughs> nfc we'll give our super bowl picks um on my end, we already know that the Los Angeles, not San Diego Chargers, will be in the <laughs> Super Bowl. Right. That's right. That's right. Yes, yes. And any, let me ask you, any trepidation on that with the injury news? Derwin James, Keegan Allen, Melvin Gordon still holding out? Or are you still full on Chargers? For me, the only concern is Gordon, but I had them coming from a wild card spot. You did. So you did. That's I'm, true. I'm not as worried. About the pick yet. I, I put my caveat on Gordon. Injuries are part of gotcha. the game. They are. So That's true. That's true. And it's not a Phillip Rivers injury or something like that. I mean, you know, these guys are good. And Keenan Allen, I don't think, is supposed to miss any regular season time. I mean, who knows? But uh, Derwin James is a, is a little bit worrisome because he was really good for them last year. And I took them to make the playoffs, too, obviously. So I've kind of had my eye on them. But but I, I got you. I would, I would stick with it, too. Yeah. Uh, well, let's start in the NFC. All right. NFC East. I think that it's very clearly Philly. Um, they they don't have Foles anymore to back no. up Wentz. Um, but I, if Wentz is healthy, that roster is very talented. Yeah. It's very I deep. Agree. They've got good lines. They've been there before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't think that – Washington or the Giants are any good, so I don't think they're going to challenge them. Although, yeah. I, I shouldn't say I don't think Washington's any good because it impacts my rookie of the year pick. Um, okay, okay, gotcha. So I think the Giants uh, will be worse than Washington, but yeah. I don't think either of them will legitimately threaten for an NFC playoff spot. And no, Dallas is always just kind of a weird 8-8 eight and eight yeah. waiting to happen. Boy, a lot of people really like Dallas. Uh, you know, I'm not quite as on board. I, I, you know, but but a lot of a lot of good vibe about them, and you know, they've got a good defense, and and Cooper certainly opened up their offense, and if Ezekiel Elliott's there, and that's obviously a, an if right now, though I still believe he will be when it comes down to it, uh, just because he doesn't he doesn't really have he does not have the leverage that Le'Veon Bell had. He cannot sit out a year and become a free agent or even speed up the clock to becoming a free agent. In fact, it slows it down if he sits out a year. So it makes no sense for him to do that. But um, there's a lot of people who really like them, but I, I'm with you. I think Philly 
wins that division. I do have Dallas finishing second, and I, I do have Dallas getting one of my two wild card spots. Uh, my two wild cards in the NFC are kind of me hedging on teams, and I'll you know get to the other one when the time comes. That I'm not that people really seem to love. I'm not as high on, but I'm not like totally dismissive of them either. So I'm kind of going middle ground, and Dallas is that for me. Well, my wild card teams for the NFC are my one crazy idea and okay. my one. Uh, well, you'll see it when we get there. Okay, but it'll okay. it gotcha. makes sense. Gotcha. Uh, gotcha. So, yes. Yes. Uh, so yeah. I, so I'm with you on Philly, and I, I think we. Mostly of the same order. I'd probably go New York three, Washington four, um, but that's kind of a toss. Like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm not uh, really committed to that either way. Yeah, I had it initially as Giants three, Washington four, but you know, I I'm torn because I think Jay Gruden's on the hot seat, but I yeah. think Haskins can win the Rookie of the Year. So, okay, okay, you know, he's he is my Rookie of the Year pick. And so okay. this is my version of hedging is I think Gruden could get fired, but I also think Haskins could be rookie of the year. So third. <laughs> now, do you have do you have Haskins starting all year or do you have him getting the job later and, and you know, playing well when he does? I think he'll start all year from the stuff so. I've okay. seen. You know, he just seems like he's out playing everyone there. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'd be hard yeah. not to go with him. And if you are on the hot seat and he's the better player yeah you know that's true it kind of feels like a nothing nothing to lose for Gruden to play him for him no I I you know I kind of find myself rooting for Haskins a little I mean I I just you know I'm not a Ohio State fan necessarily but I I thought his um, stock took a hit for for unusual reasons or or really no reason it seemed like people just kind of like got tired of talking about him and then you know suddenly we're in love with you know, Daniel Jones and Drew Locke and all this. And it's like, this, this guy was nothing but productive in his one year as a starter. And granted, it was only one year, but still incredibly productive in that time. Um, so I'm kind of rooting for him. I don't, from that standpoint, I hope he does not start all year because I think, uh, I think, you know, he and Daniel Jones both would really benefit from the time to, to wait. I think throwing them in there against NFL defenses right away could be not good. Uh, Jones won't, I, you know, unless he like gets hurt. I think they're pretty committed to that. Washington seems a little bit uncertain, so I don't know. I, I like the pick. I hope he does well, uh, but I worry that if he's in there week one, that it's going to be rough and that he's not quite ready for that yet. I just think that they'll go with him. I, I think that there's going to be some Murray hype backlash. Yeah, and yeah. you tend to give it to a quarterback. If there's a good quarterback available, yeah, and yeah, I think true. he'll be good enough that he'll get the credit for the successes. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, okay, okay. Well, so I'm, I want to go now to what I think is the best division, and that I horribly mistreat because I wanted to make my crazy wild card pick. Okay. So let's talk about the NFC South. Okay. You've got three. Really good teams, I think. New Orleans, Carolina, Atlanta. And I think they'll beat up on each other. I also think we're at the end of Jameis Winston. I I yield to your rebuttal on Jameis if you have one. But I I have it, you know, I I struggled mightily. I wrote it three different ways. I landed on New Orleans winning with Breeze. Um, Yeah. Basically, because I guess I'm a, a sucker for the old quarterback, and if he's if he's Drew Brees from the first eleven weeks last year, they're going to be great. Yeah, right, and that's fair point. He did tail off in the, the latter part of the season. Um, but you know, Carolina, their offense is good. You know, but I I don't know if you're ca- catching any of this, but it seems to me like a lot of people think Cam Newton is going to be not a hundred percent again. Yeah, there's there's still some questions. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't played the first two preseason games, um, and I think that's by design. But in in a way, that's a little worrisome that they're still sitting him out, and you know, another shoulder surgery that he had. I think it's his second, um, and so yeah, I think there's there's questions there. Uh, you know, it's so you're going Saints, 
I'm win going, the division, correct? I'm going Saints, then Carolina, Atlanta, Tampa. Okay. So, it's. I mean, it's interesting because I did not have to debate this one much at all. I think the Saints are the best team in this division, and it's really not that close to me. I, I, I'm just I'm a little bit wary of both Carolina and Atlanta for similar reasons. I kind of it kind of feels like both of them their their window of opportunity with you know as they're currently constructed closed quick. You know, Carolina got to the Super Bowl three years ago, Atlanta two years ago, or I guess three and four years now. Uh, you know, fifty and fifty one, um, and. And then it's like the the window closed fast on both of those teams, and that doesn't mean they can't be good again soon, because the NFL you recycle quickly. But um, I don't have either one of them making the playoffs. I thought about it, uh, I, and I also thought about Tampa Bay because I, you know, I, you know, I'm not a huge Bruce Arians fan, but he is a he is kind of a quick fix coach. I saw him do it in Arizona. Um, I think they improved their defense, and and I think he's a better coach than Dirk Cutter. Uh, you well, know, you've I, seen I both up close. I have, and and so I, I think, um, you know, I thought about taking them. I really did because I, I I've got them being better than people think. But I the only team I make the playoffs in this division is New Orleans. I've got uh, I'll, I'll go a little a little off the board and take Tampa two in the division, and then go Atlanta then Carolina. So, okay. All right, I, I'm good with it. I, I think it's closer than you do in the South, but we both land on the same outcome, which is same winner. Now, do you have a wild card from there? I take it you did. I do not because I think oh, they. Not. I think they're okay. so close they beat up on each other. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. All right. I miss. I misunderstood you there. I thought you were taking one of those as your wild card, but okay. So you have not. You have not picked a wild card team yet, correct? I have not. You don't have Dallas or South team. Okay, okay. All right, well, I've got one, but I, I like you. I guess we end with the same result. We both have the Saints winning the South, being the only playoff team, but got there differently. Yeah. I think that it's just going to be a closer race, and they'll beat each other up more than you do, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and, and we'll see. I mean, that's how it was a couple years ago, I know. It just feels like, to me, the Saints are still – in, in this run. Now, I am a little worried about the Saints, uh, you know, the hangover effect of two straight, just devastating kind of playoff losses. That's hard when you get, when you start piling those together. It reminds me of the 49ers with Jim Harbaugh. You know, they had that overtime loss to the Giants at home. Then they had the Super Bowl where they, you know, came down and had a chance to win it right at the end and didn't. Then they lose the next year in overtime to Seattle. Or I don't think it was overtime. It was right at the end when Sherman tips the ball away on that pass. So three straight years of just agonizingly tough losses deep in the playoffs. And I worry the cumulative effect of that for the Saints, but I, I think they're good enough this year to still get past that and and make another run. But, it, you know, uh, that's my trepidation. They remind me a little bit of Alabama. We talked Alabama. Um, I, I, I'm picking them to do well. But I see some worrisome red flags that I'm choosing to ignore. Yeah. I, you know, at some point it will stop working. Breeze will be old and he'll be the breeze of the last, you know, four weeks. Yeah, yeah. The interesting thing, though, and you, you kind of brought this to light last week when we were talking about Mahomes, is how dependent are they on Breeze now? Breeze didn't have that great of a year last year. It is, I mean, you know, statistically he was. I think completion percentage was great, but he threw for less than 4,000 yards, which for an NFL starter to start 16 games, I think he started 15, and didn't throw for 4,000 yards. That's amazing in today's game. I mean, he was good, but he wasn't unbelievable, you know, prime through Breeze, and they still, you know, had the, the top record in the NFC. Um, they're more well-rounded than they were in Breeze's, you know, heyday. And so maybe they don't need him to be great. They need him to be good. I'm not saying they can get by with substandard quarterback play. But, you know, is it a little bit like, honestly, honestly, Brady didn't have that good of a year last year. Brady was good, but he wasn't great. But the Patriots were well-rounded enough and played in a bad enough division that it didn't matter. Yeah, and Peyton Manning's last Super Bowl, he was not Peyton I mean, Manning, Manning of was, old. was not good anymore. Yeah, I mean, that, that's – no, I don't think the Saints can win at Brees – plays like what Manning did in 2015. That was a that was a defensive dominant team 
I, you know, but but they do run the ball better than they did. Uh, Kamara is really really good. Mike Thomas is a great receiver, and the, and their defense is better. You know, it's it's not dominant, and I don't think it ever will be with the way that offense is. It's just the trade off that you make. Uh, but you know, they they have some good players on defense. Cameron Jordan is is you know one of the best defensive linemen. Uh, they put a lot of you know, stock in Marcus Davenport. I think they're looking, you know, for him to take a step forward this year, give him a, a good pass rush combo, good young secondary. Uh, I mean, I, they're they're more well-rounded than they were in Breeze's, you know, statistical prime when he was throwing for 5,000 yards and they were going 7-9. and nine. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the NFC West. Okay. Here's my first wild card team. Okay. The San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy okay, G is okay. back, baby. You were in on them last year. I remember that. I think you, you picked Jimmy G to win the MVP last year. I did. And regrettably, that didn't work out. But <laughs> he's back. And they are just being overlooked. And I think that yeah. Nick Bosa will win the defensive rookie of the year. Okay. And I think that they pick up the final wild card spot. They are my sixth seed. I've got the Rams to win the West. Okay. That they're just a machine in the regular season, and maybe the Patriots expose something in the Super Bowl. But you got to yeah. be really disciplined defensively to do what the Patriots did to them. True. True. And I assume that McVay learned something about take what you're being given, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you got you got Rams, 49ers both getting in, Rams winning. Yeah. And then Seattle third, not in, um, and Arizona fourth. I, look, maybe the air raid is right. And I was listening to the guys on uh, the Ringer football podcast talking about how the Cardinals, if you want to give them credit, they're going all in. They're not yeah. saying we want to take some elements of the air raid offense or some elements True. of this. They went and got yeah. a, a coach and a quarterback who this is what they ran. This right, is what they do. Right. Um, That's true. You know, I just don't know if it'll work because these teams, there's not the, you know, the third corner on an NFL team is not the same as going after the third corner on a big no. 12 team. No, it's not. It's not. I mean, I was, uh, I'll come back to what I, what I think of, of the division. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I went and saw the Raiders and the Cardinals on Thursday night and obviously it's preseason. And I, you know, I, I always hesitate to judge too positively or negatively based on some that happens in preseason football. Um, but there was, there was one play where Kyler Murray sprinted out to his right. And I believe it was Cleveland Farrell, the rookie from Clemson, uh, was step for step with him. And he had to throw a pass and he threw it high for Fitzgerald who couldn't make, couldn't, you know, couldn't pull it. It was incompletion. And that was one of those plays where I thought, this ain't the Big 12 anymore. In the Big 12, he turns the corner and he gets 15 yards. Um, in the NFL, you got defensive linemen that are fast enough to keep up with you. And you got linebackers and secondary who certainly are. Um, and, and so it's, uh, it's different, and he looked poor on Thursday night. Now, again, it's preseason, but he did not look good. Uh, he, he fell into a safety, trying to avoid getting hit at the two, and he ends up falling backwards and took a safety. Got called for two false starts for clapping. Uh, they didn't get a first down on offense. They got two by virtue of penalty uh, on the Raiders, but uh, it was not good. And their defense, I don't think, is very good either. And that's, of course, that was always the, you know, the uh, – problem with Cliff Kingsbury in college is yeah, he had an offense that could put up all kinds of points, but his defense has sucked and that's why they didn't win very much and from what I've seen in, in you know, a uh, handful of drives against the Chargers and the Raiders in preseason with the, you know, top offensive guys being out there uh, if this defense doesn't look very good now it's early and maybe they'll figure some things out, but uh, watch, watch the early drives against LA and Oakland and thought, yeah, this looks like a Cliff Kingsbury defense well, and the other part that is exacerbated by going full air raid instead of having elements of the air raid is at some point, if you score quickly, your defense just is back on the right. field. Exactly. Exactly. Or I if mean, you go three and out quickly, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's what happened with, with Chip Kelly in the NFL. Uh, you know, it's, it's tough because, I mean, one of the – it's an obvious thing, but I think it's something we don't think about. You know, in college, you've got – 
85 scholarship players. Now, granted, you're not going to play all 85 in a game, but you have more depth of guys you can play. If your defense is worn out, you could you can mass sub and put in an entire new 11 on defense. You can't really do that in the NFL. You got 46 guys active on game day, uh, you know. So so you you have to lean on your top guys more. Um, and and I don't know that this will work, but we'll see. You know, I mean, it, it will be interesting to see if they really go all in with hurry up nonstop. Uh, you know, constantly going no huddle. I mean, you always hear people talk about, you know, well, boy, you look good in the two-minute drill. Why don't you do that all the time? Well, it doesn't really work that way. Well, they're apparently going to try it. Uh, so we'll see if it works. We'll see if Murray is is big enough to withstand NFL punishment, is, uh, you know, good enough to, to, you know, learn the NFL uh, and can sustain things. Um, you know, or is he, is he going to have a hot start like Robert Griffin and then, you know, when teams start to figure it out, will he be able to adapt? That's the other question for me. Your tone smacks of skepticism. Oh, I've got plenty, yeah. I mean, and you know I'm biased, admittedly. I can't, I can't deny that. I obviously am, uh, you know, I was, uh, as I texted you, I was at the Raider game, and I was wearing my Raider gear, and I loved every second of that 26 to nothing start in the first 24 minutes of action. It was lovely. Uh, so, uh, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm not high on them. I do have them, as you do, finishing fourth in the West. Um, but different order above that, I've got Seattle winning the West. And I've got the Rams as two, and that's my other team like Dallas. That I'm just a little bit, I got some trepidation with them. I, I just, you know, what's Todd Gurley going to be? Is he okay? Can he still be pretty good? Or did we see something at the end of last year that's going to continue to be a problem? Uh, so I'm hedging on them. I got them as a wild card, but I'm just not as high on them as a lot of people are. That's fair. But uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm not rooting against them by any means. You know, it's not like I'm saying, I just, them and Dallas both are teams that I'm like, you know, people think they're going to be really good. And, and, and they might be, they've got talent to be that good, but I'm just concerned about, you know, various things, not the same situations. I think they're better coached than Dallas. Um, but I'm just not sure that they can keep the magic rolling, uh, you know, and is Goff, are they, are they all in on Goff? That's, I mean, you know, there's some thought that like, you know, McVeigh thinks, Hey, I can do this with somebody else. We're not going to pay Goff a lot of money. Is Goff worth that? If they do want to go that route, what's the status with Gurley? I, I just, I wonder about some things with them. That's fair. I I just you know they did it last time. They did. I believe they'll they do it this time. They did. I mean, they're more talented than Seattle. I think that's that's probably fair to say. But I uh, I, I I guess I like Seattle. I liked them last year. Um, you know, you and I have diverged on Seattle the last couple of years, um, and I'm I'm sticking with them. I think they uh, they've rebuilt on the fly to keep to stay competitive. So I got them winning, and, and the Rams get my second wild card. Although actually, first wild card, I have Dallas as the as the number six. All right, I have the the Niners are my six, and in the North, I have my other wild card team, my final wild card team, the Bears. Okay. Um, okay. You know, I don't trust Trubisky, and that's the difference. And yeah. my Packer fandom has me taking the Packers and believing that. LaFleur's offense and Rodgers and the second year under Mike Pettin in defense and, you know, spending an awful lot of draft capital on the secondary. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. That they they can do it. Um, the hard one for me is I almost, instead of the Niners, went Bears-Vikings as both wildcard teams. Yeah, um, yeah. Because that, that Vikings team has a lot of talent. Uh, it just Me feels too. like it's stagnating, you know. See, and, and it's it's interesting because I I have the Vikings winning that division, and it's one of those that I kind of you know at first I went into it thinking, okay, I'm probably going to pick the Bears. They won it last year, young team, good coach. I'm probably going to you know status quo. And then I looked at Minnesota, and I'm thinking, you know, a lot of that team is still there from two years ago when they went to the NFC title game. And last year they certainly slid backwards, but they weren't horrible. 
they were a win away in week 17 from making the playoffs. It's not like they fell apart and went four and 12. Um, you know, they, they just couldn't ever really get a lot of momentum going. Uh, they fired their offensive coordinator late in the year. So I'm, I'm banking on them turning it around. I think to me, the, to me, the Vikings and the Bears, I've kind of got them going opposite direction of what they did last year. The Bears, I think, are due for a little bit of regression. I don't think they're going to be horrible, but I just feel like they, they slide backwards a bit. Um, and I think the Vikings, you know, are going to rediscover some of that 2017 form. And we're going to like think, wow, you know, this team is actually still pretty good. A lot of people kind of giving up on them, forgetting about them. And I, I'm higher on them than a lot of people, I guess. So then Packers Detroit for you? Yeah. 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 I just I'm just not uh I'm not sold on, you know, the, the marriage between LaFleur and Rogers and is that gonna go well and, and is there is there enough talent there at Green Bay yet? Uh, I mean uh, you know, they're 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 rebuilding a little bit. I mean, as you said, you know, they're they're bringing in, you know, a lot of a lot of draft prospects on defense and you know it's I feel like they let the cover get a little bit bare the last couple of years and that's that's why the results have been what they have been and I think you know it's it's just not quite there yet um, I'm not uh, yeah, yeah it's one of those things in the NFL you know three years ago I thought they were as talented as anybody in the NFL but things change fast guys get old guys stop being productive and and if you don't keep rebuilding on the fly it changes. We talked about a couple teams like that in the AFC, Cincinnati. You know, like, God, 2015, they were the best young roster in the league. Now it seems like they have nothing to, to be that excited about. Um, Packers aren't in that dire of straits, I don't believe, but I still don't think they're quite as good as, as they need to be. Fair enough. Um, so to walk through, I've got Philly as my one, the Rams as my okay. two. Okay. And then I've got Green Bay hosting San Francisco in the 3-6 and New Orleans hosting okay. the Bears. Okay, okay. I've got uh, I got Philly as one also. Um, i got New Orleans two. I've got Minnesota three and Seattle four, which would mean Rams at Seattle and then uh, Cowboys at Vikings. All right. Well, this is not gonna, nothing's going to look the same until maybe the end for us, but I – I have uh, New Orleans over the Bears, Packers over the Niners in my opening okay. game. All right. I would have uh, Seattle over L.A., and then uh, I'd, go, I'd go upset Dallas beats Minnesota. I think Dallas may be a team that like rounds into form end of the year type of thing. I go straight chalk again. Uh, New Orleans okay. at Philly, Philly winning, and Green Bay at the Rams with the Rams winning. So I have Rams okay. and Eagles in the NFC title game. Uh, well, I'd go with my top two seats also. I'd go Eagles beat Dallas and Saints beat Seattle. Okay. And then I have the Philadelphia Eagles taking on the Los Angeles Chargers of San Diego in the Super Bowl. Okay. Well, we aren't different there because I've got Philadelphia also. Uh, and I've got them taking on an AFC West team, the Kansas City Chiefs. So we're not too different when it comes down to the end. And then I, I'm, I'm riding my pick. I'm just going to own it. I'm taking the Chargers to win the Super Bowl. This yeah. will be the real end of Phil Rivers' career. He is my MVP. Okay. He is my Super Bowl uh, champion. All right. All right. All right. Gotcha. Gotcha. I like that. What about you? I've got the Eagles. Winning their their second title in three years, uh, and much like you, I've got the quarterback of my Super Bowl champion winning MVP. I've got Carson Wentz doing what he was so close to doing two years ago, which was winning MVP and winning a Super Bowl. This year, I think he, he finishes it off. I like it. I respect the strategy since it was also mine. Um. <laughs> so we don't differ too much at the end. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm banking on a you know a, a good season from Wentz. I think he you know shuts a lot of people up with the whole you know oh well he hasn't really accomplished anything uh, blah 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 like they, you know they don't win that Super Bowl without Carson Wentz. I know he was hurt and Foles certainly played well and you know no taking that away from him, but they were in position to get the number one seed because Carson Wentz played so well and led them there. Uh, and this this sort of forgetting anything good that he ever did because Nick Foles played well for two games in the playoffs uh, is 
So I'm, I'm hoping he just shuts everybody up this year. That's fair. I So I made picks for Rookie of the Year already with Haskins yes. and Bosa. Yes. Um, I, sh- I will do mine. Uh, well, go ahead. As I say, I show some serious NFC bias uh, with those picks, but that's all right. That's all right. Well, my my defensive rookie of the year. I'm going to go back to one of my uh, uh, surprise picks, or probably the biggest surprise pick I made of a playoff team, and that's the Jets. I'm taking Quinn and Williams from Alabama to be the defensive rookie of the year. I think he is going to be a big force for them. Uh, you know, not Aaron Donald good, but but close. Uh, in, eventually in his career. Not as a rookie, but I think he is impact guy. Uh, offensive rookie of the year. I'm not going to take any of the quarterbacks because I'm just not sold on any of them. So I'm going to go, and this is not by design, but I'm going to take another former member of the Crimson Tide and take Josh Jacobs from the Oakland Raiders. I thought about going with Jacobs because you feel like – Gruden at least is saying they're going to be relying on him and yes. leaning on him, and yeah, I think he's going to get a lot of carries. Like they don't, they don't have a great second option as running back. Like they, they, you know, they're banking on him to be the workhorse guy, which not a lot of teams do anymore. Uh, but I think, yeah, he's he's going to see the ball a lot there. And then I made some non MVP picks for Player of the Year. Okay. Um, you said that Williams is going to be Aaron Donald-like in his career. I'm picking yeah. Aaron Donald as my player of the year. Uh, I just watched the Raiders hard knocks where they did the camp with the, uh, with yeah. the Rams, and all the, Ram- all the guys are talking about how they just couldn't block it. So good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I would, I would make the same pick. Uh, I, you know, we, we talked right before we started recording, and I told you I didn't. I didn't make these picks ahead, so over the course of our conversation, in my mind, I've been trying to determine who I'm going to take for offensive and defensive player of the year, and I landed on Aaron Donald for defensive player of the year as well. And then my offensive player of the year in the non-MVP category, I'm going with Baker Mayfield. Okay. Well, I'm going to go with the guy who was picked right behind him, Saquon Barkley. Oh, I like that. He puts puts up big numbers for the Giants. He's going to be the the feature running back and receiver, basically, you know, he's going to, he could do a, you know, a thousand thousand type of season, rushing and receiving. Yeah, that'd be crazy. That'd be amazing. I mean, he was close last year, I think, you know, he, he finished over 2000 total. Uh, I know David Johnson came close to that uh, two, three years ago with the Cardinals. I think, I think Barkley has the chance to do that type of thing this year. Maybe actually do it. Yeah. Well, I'm probably wrong, so listen to Matt. Well, we both probably are in all likelihood. I mean, that's the that's the beauty and tough thing about making NFL picks is, uh, you know, you, you you could go any number of directions. Um, I mean, that's that's what's fun about the NFL is there's very few teams that when this year starts, you feel like they have no chance to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's not the case in really any of the other sports, uh, you know, professional sports like when baseball season starts, when basketball season starts, you you've got uh, you know ten teams at least that you feel like have no chance of making the playoffs. Uh, that's not the case in the NFL. You know, I mean, you get you get hot, you start out you know five and two, and all of a sudden you know you finish ten and six, and you're in. I mean, and team and like we've talked about, teams go from bad to good quickly. Uh, two years ago, the Bears were terrible. And last year they won the division and, and should have won a playoff game if they had a kicker who could make a kick. Uh, you know, uh, things change. The Bengals were, were the bell of the ball. Now it feels like they don't have much of a chance. But would you totally rule it out? No. Uh, I mean, you know, like, could they get hot and, and, you know, surprise people? Sure, because that's what happens in the NFL every year. Yeah. It's – I'm kind of banking on that, I realize, with the Chargers pick. It's just, yeah. a, a, you know, karmically, maybe they'll get it, you know. Yeah. And if yeah. they get hot at the right time, if you know, if they get hot during the final two weeks of the season and then they bust out, you know, two straight road playoff wins before they head to Arrowhead, okay. Yeah, that, yeah. You know. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't, I don't think you're you're crazy to, to be high on the Chargers. I mean, I, I think they are – 
they were a pretty good team last year. Um, I think they just ran out of gas going to New England. You know, they, they've been on the road so much. And that's the thing that kind of worries me about them a little is they have no home field advantage. And, you know, most of their home games are played in front of mostly road, you know, opposing team fans, it seems like. And it just feels like, you know, they they have a, an ability to kind of let off the gas and still win a game. And, and can they keep that going? I don't know. But uh, they were very good last year. And, you know, there's certainly plenty of reason to think they'll be that good again this year if they could stay healthy, which seems to always be the problem for them. It wasn't last year, and that's why they were as good. But that's already kind of starting this year. They seem to always be plagued by major injuries. Yeah. Well... Perhaps. Just we'll see. Maybe perhaps. this is the year that they they uh, they end the Schneid and you know get their first ever Super Bowl and would that be a story on the way to the the Palace in Inglewood next year? If, you know, Chargers and Rams both have made Super Bowl appearances leading into that. That that'd be pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, well, the next one, Matt. That's is, right. Is the best one. Showtime. We're going to be talking about ASU. Yes, we are. And we're not going to just talk about one game or two games. No. We're going to talk about all of the games. All. And for Matt, that is through the Pac-12 championship game. That's right. That's right. For me, less. But still good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, we'll... We'll do our uh, our twelve regular season games, and then you know, see where things take us from there. But uh, but yes, it's just about that time. We are uh, twelve days away from the Sun Devils taking the field for the first time. We are seven days away from college football season opening with Miami and Florida down in Orlando. Uh, it's it's here. I mean, we've 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 been building it up, building it up, and now this is the last Saturday without college football till December. And that is good for all of yes. us. Yes, and actually, I say that till January because you know we got we got Army Navy and then you got bowl games in December, and so there there won't be another Saturday without at least one college football game until January. So yeah, it's it's right around the corner now. We'll be here to keep you company and talk about what's going on with ASU and what else is going on around the pro and college football circuit. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben Matt Sportscast.